It's easy for us to get consumed with the process of decision making about priorities rather than be consumed with the eternal outcome of those mm. choices uh, to determine what our priorities are. So we, it's so easy. I fall into the trap of, okay, how can I live in the, you know, get through the day to day and honor God with it? Yes, yes, yes. But when you think of it in light of eternity and you think of it like, read the book of Revelation, right? Mm. Look at the end and then start from there. It right. really will calibrate your perspective yeah. on how mm. we should be living, the choices we should be making, 100%. and what should we be prioritizing, who and how, uh, yeah. in a way that honors God, but not just honors Him in the today, yeah. but into eternity. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So yeah, starting at the end and living in light of the end. So Christian, you're listening to this, believer, follower of Christ, mm. disciple, uh, the book of Revelation is how it ends, and that, what is Revelation all about? It's it's essentially, you know, it's, it's people get, I think, intimidated by Revelation, and they get confused, and they read it, and they think they ha- it has to. Oh, it's not it. a Rubik's cube to yeah. be deciphered. Yeah, it is a. It, the book starts out with like, may those who read this understand. Okay, it's not meant to be a minis- a mystery. Okay, the the theme of Revelation is this: that our God is sovereign over all of human history and he will bring it to its culmination in the return of Jesus Christ, the triumphal return Mm. once again of our King, our war captain, Jesus is will return. If we live in light of that reality, it changes everything, right? It changes everything about our priorities, everything here and now realizing that it will be consumed Mm. and remade. Yes. Uh, it, It changes everything. And so, that's what this episode's all about. Last things. How did last things? We talked about first things last week. Now we're talking about last things this week. And how does that inform how we live here and now and today? So thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. If that doesn't make you excited, I don't know what will. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You say that, you're joking, but you know what? No, I am excited. If the book of Revelation scares you... You, there's two things. Either you're not a believer or you're misunderstanding the book because it is a book of hope. It is a book of hope. It's a book of hope for, for believers. You do not need to be afraid of the end times. There's a lot of that kind of chatter going around. A lot oh, of chatter always on the has been. Always has been. You know, been. it's funny because there's always, <laughs> there's always some prediction, right? The point is, it, I, it makes me laugh because Jesus himself said, like, you'll know neither the day nor the hour, mm-hmm. yet people think that they can know the day and the hour. <laughs> And then they'll say, well, I don't know the, the hour or the day, but I kind of know like the week or the month, <laughs> like that's somehow some sort of loophole. Yeah. Uh, listen, Jesus himself said it. So the point of revelation is to give us hope, is to remind us that he is sovereign over all of history and we can live our lives in light of that reality. Right. That is a reality. And we don't mm, have to forget. We yes. quickly forget. We yes. quickly get bogged down by our daily schedules, how to make our marriage better, how to like determine our priorities right well yes but we're saying let's lift our eyes to eternity let's lift our eyes to god and 
his timelessness. He is outside of time. We can't even comprehend uh, that that medium, like not yeah. medium, but like he created space and time, and yet he's outside of it. So good. And so there's this whole aspect about revelation and end times and end things that we can't comprehend, and yeah. and we won't until Jesus comes. Until I glory. Think. Yeah. Yes, and that's okay. But we can live in awe, and we can live in. I think a healthy fear of the Lord uh, and have the weight of eternity in our hearts as we are waking up each day, learning how to prioritize our spouse, prioritize our children um, and what goes hmm. along with that, like so educating them or loving hmm. my husband, uh, stepping oh. into that role, despite what other voice, what, whatever other voices and culture are screaming out at us. Okay. And yeah. are contrary to the things of God. And what you're <laughs> thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to get a word in. It's okay. It's all <laughs> he, good. Stuff. He said I could lead this one, so here we go. No, I said you had to lead this one because you did the <laughs> you did the rundown. Uh the point the point you're making, I want to make sure I'm catching it and our our lovely listeners are also tracking. They're probably tracking. They're smarter than I am. They we don't we don't relegate responsibility for these important things because of eternity. Instead, we steward them better. Mm-hmm. And more thoroughly, and with more conviction, more joy, but but without the striving, without the stress, without the anxiety that somehow it's dependent on me right. to make all things new. No, Jesus will make all things new, not me. And so that's what you're saying, right? And that's that's a very, I mean that 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 reality changes everything. Yes, uh, I want to just read Philippians yeah. three twenty. It's we're going to be in Philippians for majority of this episode. Okay, um, I just want to start with this, but our Bring cities- it. I'm trying. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Bring <Okay>. it on. <laughs> but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we wait. We await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Mm. All wow. right. Let's just get that picture in our head that we are citizens of heaven. Yeah. We are awaiting our Savior. Wow. We will be transformed. Pin that there, friends. Okay. Pin so that there. Got it. What verse is that, by the way? Philippians, Philippians 3, 320. 320. Okay. Yeah. They're in his destruction. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, can I read some of the other parts? <laughs> well, <laughs> did you want to go through any housekeeping for... We're kind of jumping into the conversation here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's do housekeeping and then I'll read the parts before. Because <laughs> just, I just want to kind of process it in real time, if that's okay. Yeah, go but, ahead. Okay, so this month we're doing something uh, that we've not done before. Maybe we'll do it in the future, but you can't know, so you have to jump on it now. <laughs> All right? <laughs> this is not in the book of Revelation. <laughs> no, the, the thing that we're doing is a special 20% off um, discount for our online learning platform called Gospel-Centered Marriage. And the whole point of that platform is to help you, Christian couple, live in full light of God's truth mm. here and now. But, but also uh, it, it, with eternity in mind, right? And so mm-hmm. we, we, we have the way it works. If you're not aware, gospelcenteredmarriage.com is the website. The way it works is there's kind of two parts. There's the, the six-week marriage core, which is meant to get you on the absolute like same page in terms of what biblical marriage is, what is the gospel, what is love, what is covenant, how do we live that out in communication and sex and money and in our priorities. Hey, that's what we're talking about here today. Uh, and then we have mini courses that we are encouraging couples to prioritize their marriage for once a month, about about an hour or two hours a month. Maybe take like a Thursday night or a Tuesday night or whatever night works for you. And you sit down in one sitting, you go through a mini course. 
And the mini course has usually 20 to 30 minutes of teaching. And then there's going to be um, a 10 minute kind of connection guide video. And then you will typically fill out a connection guide. Anyway, we've created this tool to help couples like you. Um, and we're giving you 20% off. And you just have to use this code, priorities. Okay. Use the code priorities at checkout. Uh, go to gospelcentermarriage.com. Uh, it's best if you use it on the annual subscription because you'll get the, the better deal all the way through. Um, otherwise, I think it's just going to, it just applies to the first month. Anyway, uh, go to uh, gospelcentermarriage.com, go to checkout, use priorities on checkout. Uh, with that said, uh, this podcast is primarily um, funded by Gospel Center Marriage <laughs> and also by our patrons. So if you want to lock arms with us and be on mission with the Fredericks, with Fierce Families, um, that's Fierce Parenting, Fierce Marriage, uh, go to Fierce, uh, what is it, Patreon, there it is, <laughs> patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. And you can see all the info there. Yeah. Uh, leave a rating and review on the podcast too. Boom. Okay. So Philippians 3, um, verse 17. You started at verse 20, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could. I just want to read the whole chapter. We're we going backwards in Philippians because I thought we were going to start in 2. And then I saw 3. So we're going to go 3, 2, 1. Okay. This is just how hey, the... We started in Revelation at the beginning. Though, you know so. what? <laughs> just keep that theme up. We're going to Yes. <laughs> and everything's going to be perfect, just Buckle like in the garden. Up. Hey! hey How's that for biblical theology? All right. That gospel fluency, too? Yeah. Anyways. It is what it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, brothers, join in imitating me. This is Paul talking. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Mm. That should perk our ears up when talking about enemies of the cross of Christ. Uh, Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But, and that's the the, the pivot point, but our citizenship, we're not them. Our our God is not our belly. Mm. Our glory is not our shame, and our minds uh, are not on earthly things, okay? Our citizenship is in heaven. From it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And we started in Revelation saying how it'll be, all of human history will be brought to its culmination in Jesus Christ. If we believe that, if we believe that... It'll it, happen whether saying, we believe it or not, but thank you. he's yes. asking us to... Be- if we believe that, it will transform everything about how we live. Yes. Or if we don't believe it, because if we don't think Jesus will reign, we don't think... God is God. We think that our God is our belly. In other words, our appetites, our desires. Mm. We talked about that, the primacy, kind of the primalness of those who are non-regenerate. Think about that for a second. Think about folks who who don't have the Holy Spirit informing their desires. They are led by their appetites. Their cravings, yeah. Their cravings. And it's very primal. It is very fleshly. Mm -hmm. It is, and and here we are saying, we have the Holy Spirit in us, uh, leading us, showing us, Helping us live eternally uh, changes everything. Right. It's awesome. Right. Um, yes. Mm. We should have talked about that, that, that one last week. <laughs> Where was that verse when I was doing my research? Where was that verse when I was doing my research? Yes, last week, a quick recap. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to uh, the first things um, about priorities. Mm. Uh, first things and how do we determine what are the first things, right? In, in our marriage, in our life. Um, those, the truths that can't be reduced and down anymore, you call them axiomatic truths, right? They can't be reduced anymore. So what yeah. are the, what are the first things and priorities that we are building our lives around? And we have to kind of step outside of our lives, I think, and look in and ask. And you said one of the determining or two of the determining factors are your, your bank account and your calendar. So 
uh, chick. That's how you. That's how you're able to like, kind of self-diagnose. Yes. Your your true priorities. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted. We went through a lot of scripture, and we're gonna. I'm gonna go with uh, one of them from last week, possibly two. Uh, but we're gonna dive into a little bit more Hebrews twelve one. We we kind of put a peg in that last week. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us mm-hmm. also lay aside every weight. And sin, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, mm-hmm. who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, we talked more, I think, about the laying aside of every weight and sin to be able to uh, figure out what priorities should be, what what our priorities should be. Um, what that weight looks like, what sin can look yeah. like, and how it can um, kind of can poison poison our priorities in yeah. some ways. Uh, so, and then let us run with endurance. And this week, I think more so, we're trying to focus on looking to Jesus, hmm. uh, the founder and perfecter of our faith. What he says, who for the joy that was set before him, what is the joy that was set before him? Like eternity, us with him in eternity. Right. He endured the cross despising the shame like he was not he was wrongfully accused all of that he despised the shame that went with it but he still Hmm. he endured it because of the joy set before him and i think we can take note of that we can take note of how he endured things that even he may not have been guilty of right we're maybe we're wrongly accused by our spouse of something or a friend or we're feeling you know guilt is being piled onto us or shame or something and uh, because of some issue that's sort of maybe outside of us and we're trying to just navigate it, but we can still walk in a way that can say, okay, I'm thinking about eternity. If I respond this way to my husband, this is not going to like go well for us <laughs> in eternity, yeah. right? Like not, not that we're going to be married in eternity. That's a whole nother sidebar, but I am going to give an account to God of how I loved my husband, how I stepped into that role of hmm. wife and woman. Yeah. And so Am I responding to my husband and his needs or his frustrations in a way that is God honoring and that has eternity in mind Hmm. uh, and maybe is sometimes even just wrongfully accused? It's not always about getting justice and being, you know, I I don't want to take that. I don't want to go too far with that. I'm saying that sometimes we just have to die to ourselves. Yeah. And our own cravings, like you said, like, I want to get angry in this moment because I want to defend myself. And instead, sometimes as a wife, sometimes I need to say, maybe he is right. Maybe yeah. he, there are things that he is saying that are true. I don't like hearing them. And I'm having a really hard time with that. But maybe like he can mm. help me. And maybe God did give him to me for a good reason. <laughs> maybe it's hard to it's hard to hear <laughs> yeah. those things in those moments. Huh. Trust me. Wow. Um, You're looking at. Yeah, I was looking at First Corinthians nine because uh, I was just thinking about this race. So you're talking about uh, living in full light of eternity and how it's, it it informs us, gives us hope, gives us fuel, gives us endurance. You, you mentioned justice, mm-hmm. and you said we don't always have to have justice. And here's here's what I wanted to add to that is, um, w- there will be justice. Yes, there will be. Thank you. Justice. The difference is what what side of the justice are we? going to be on and who will dole it out right Uh, i am not the arbiter of justice and i think we can oftentimes take on that role as arbiters of justice i'm talking in an ultimate sense i'm not talking in like yes if there is a sin perpetrated in our household 
in a sense, I am an arbiter of justice and that I would dole out the punishment and I would make sure that there's... Execute the there's consequences. Re- yes, I would make sure there is retribution. And, I mean, not retribution. What's restitution. The word I'm looking restitution. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I can let... Yeah. Uh, so there is that sense, but there will be justice. And the difference is, is are we hoping for our justice here and now or is our justice in Christ? Mm. And even though, okay... Thank you our justice is to be found in Christ. That's what we, that's what we mean is that we can place our hope and our joy knowing that all things, all wrong things will be made right. All crooked paths will be made straight. All mountains and areas will be laid, laid low in the name of justice. In other words, everything will be made right. Mm -hmm. And so, but thankfully my sin, my ledger of sin has been made right by the blood of Christ. And I've been justified justice. There's that word. Mm -hmm. Justice has been served through the person and work of Christ on the cross. He was perfect. I was not. He, he died a sinner's death. So I don't have to Mm -hmm. thank God for grace. That's Mm -hmm. what grace is. Uh, and so I live in light of that here and now, and now I can live in light of that there and then already not yet in eternity. Mm -hmm. And that takes faith because I can't see eternity. Yes. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. And so that gets me all the way around to this first Corinthians nine. Uh, do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one receives the prize. And so here's the imperative. So run that you may obtain it. The prize, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. That's a crown for mm-hmm. winning, but we an imperishable wreath. Uh, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Mm. And so he's just calling people to live in the context of, of, of the victory. Yes. And so a victory in a Christian life is obedience to Christ. Right. And And faith in Christ. Right. And that, that determines your priorities, obedience Hmm. and understanding of what God values and how he wants you to value those same things and how Mm. to steward those things rightly uh, and in a way that glorifies God, not just things, people, relationships. Um, So yeah, the justice part of it, I think it was, thank you for clarifying that because I think sometimes we can just, I crave like justice justice. when I'm probably not going to get it this side of heaven. However, if someone views me badly for, a reason that I can't really control or you're misunderstood or you're misunderstood. Like I have to just let that go to Christ and know that I am being obedient to Christ. And he said that we would endure like rejection and trials Mm. and tribulation. And so how, um, how am I going to endure that in a way again, that brings glory back to God Mm. and that will shine into eternity, right? Like, not just me living out of my cravings yeah. and for the like my belly, right? The earth, I'm not living for the things of this earth or right. what did he say in Philippians, but living in a way. Um, right. um, yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Sorry, sorry Philippians 3. Uh, with their minds set on earthly things, so living mm. in a way that I it it echoes that I am a citizen of heaven, so therefore I'm yeah. going to live this way, therefore, my priorities in this life are going to look like this. Hmm. I'm going to prioritize the things of God. He instructs us, Jesus in Matthew 6, talks about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Hmm. and all these things will be added unto you. If you go to uh, verse 19, up right before it, it says lay up treasures in heaven. So it's again this, he's outlining not just priorities, right, but the way to live. 
Uh, yeah. And, and then he follows it up with don't be anxious. Like he's telling us the way to live mm. and then telling us don't be anxious because what would we tend to do of following a new path or, you know, the people that he's talking to and teaching, uh, this is very contrary to culture and always has been like, don't lay up yourself for yourselves treasures in heaven. Verse 17, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves. You mean treasures on earth. Thank you. Yeah. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves not break in for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. Yeah. And we mentioned that last week. Um, and so it's it's almost like uh, the author the authors of this book were were being inspired by the same Holy Spirit. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, the authors of the Bible, I mean, because uh, I'm reading in Colossians right, as you're talking. It says, "If then you've been raised with Christ, okay, we're gonna pot, like uh, dog ear that raised with Christ, okay. Uh, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Yet set your minds on things that are above, not on mm-hmm. things that are on earth, for mm-hmm. you have died." Have you died though? Okay, let's just, for you have died and your life is hidden, is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, that sounds similar to what we were talking about mm. Revelation. When Christ, who is your life, not a small statement, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now this verse, I, I think, encapsulates so succinctly and clearly the the depth and breadth of Paul's theology Okay, so if if you did a study on Paul, uh, most likely you'd come on you'd come to the conclusion that the, at the core of Paul's theology is the resurrection, the resurrection three like the threefold like doctrine of the resurrection. Okay, mm-hmm. so the, the the resurrection of Christ, if he didn't raise from the dead, it all means nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but he did. So since he raised from the dead, he was God. He is God. He and he is reigning in heaven at the throne, mm-hmm. uh, seated at the throne. Right. That's the first resurrection. The second resurrection is the resurrection of the believer. That's the new birth that he talks about. So I put my faith in Christ, the resurrected King, Mm -hmm. the resurrected Lord. Uh, Now I am a new creation. I am resurrected spiritually. Brought And he talks about this in Ephesians. I was once dead. I've been made alive in Christ. I've been resurrected in Christ. Mm -hmm. Now I live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. We have a new life. Mm -hmm. And the final resurrection then is the bodily resurrection of the saints at the return of Christ. So good. So again, see how that gives us complete and utter context that my very history has been defined by the person and work of Christ on the cross. Mm -hmm. My, My past has been forgiven of me. My debt has been paid. That's my past. Mm. Now my present, I live as a new believer. I live being sanctified, being made new. Been raised with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. Yes. And that's, uh, that's, that's verse one, Colossians three, one. If you've been raised with Christ, then seek the things that are above. So I'm here below. Now I can seek the things that are above. Mm. That's my context here now. And then he says, when Christ, who is your life appears, that's future. Mm-hmm. Then you also will, future, appear with him in glory. Mm. So it's complete and utter circumspect context for the Christian life. And I just, I love it. And so if we're able to live in light of that, uh, if, if we think and remind ourselves, and we, by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to remind ourselves to live out this thing called marriage in light of that past, present, and future reality. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. Mm. Everything changes. Sorry, so I didn't mean good. to t- take over the. the uh, point I will allow it. I will allow okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, that's it's so good, babe. It's so good. Um, in Matthew 5, 6, we talked about last week, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Um, the call this week is, is do our priorities uh, flow from a place of hungering and thirsting after those eternal things, those right things of God? Do our desires reflect uh, those cravings for eternity with him? Um, those are some, I think that's kind of a, a call to, to look again at our life and what we're prioritizing and why we're prioritizing mm. it. So I, I want to speak to that. So hunger and thirst, um, th- I don't know, there's something profound there that I don't know that we'll get to the depths of it here, but uh, do you, do you make yourself hungry or does it just happen? It just happens. Depends on what's in the cupboard. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's so true. You can buy some of those s'more things from Costco. You know and what? I can make myself hungry real fast. <laughs> no, but a teeth. true hunger. Not true, but just hunger. Hunger is something it's, that happens to us when we have been deprived of food well, and it's, or whatever. It's so uh, physiological and yes. it's so innate. Like we just, mm. we need we need fuel. Yes. Uh, it, do you make yourself thirsty? No, it just happens because you need to be hydrated. That's how God created us, right? Right. And so I'm wondering, like, when when Jesus is saying this, it's on the Sermon on the Mount, it's blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They mm. shall be satisfied. Uh, it's so like, it doesn't, I don't know, it's, it's that new creation aspect changes your very desires. It changes your very cravings, mm. your very needs. Yeah. As now a, a new creation, you have these new needs. Right now, you're hungry and you're thirsty. And it doesn't say, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness." Then they they cook up the right amount and drink the right amount <laughs> right. of righteousness. Then they'll be satisfied. No, it just says, "Have the hunger, have the thirst, be satisfied." Yeah. And he's saying, "In me," and that that's just on unreal. And so when you when we try to live in light of this, a lot of times a couple. This is where I wanted to get with this. A lot of times a, a husband or a wife will hear. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, you know, live in light of eternity, and but you just, you don't have any desire for it. Mm. You don't want to love your spouse well. You don't want to listen with charity. Because with, you with always grace. talk. <laughs> Are you talking kidding. about right now? <laughs> no. Uh, you don't want to do whatever you know needs to be done. There's just not a hunger and a thirst for that type of righteousness in your life. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, maybe it's not something you need to muster. Maybe it's something you need to ask God for. Mm. You need to stop and pray and say, Lord, help me be like help me to hunger and thirst for righteousness in this area right so that i can love my spouse from a place of genuine love not yeah. just manufactured rotten love and i use that word because it's rotten fruit of a rotten rotten root yeah oh um, baby nice that'll tweet um, <laughs> it won't because it's too verbose <laughs> i don't know you yeah. just i trust you on that but the point is uh, it's so I can I can love with genuineness from a place of regeneration, not from mm. a place of uh, my own strength. Um, and, yeah, right. And I, th- if we look at John twelve, uh, I said we're going to stay in Philippians, but we're just in the uh, I don't know all across the board in the New Testament right now. Um, John twelve twenty five says. Whoever loves his life will lose Sorry, it. I was <laughs> getting to the whole verse because I wanted to get the context. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Oh, man, that's just mm. so good. Whoever loves his life will lose it, but whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. 
I struggled with that verse for a while as a young person uh, living in a prosperity gospel kind of culture because I was like, well, I really do like my life, though. Like, I don't want to lose it. Well, the whole prosperity gospel message is that exactly. your ultimate life is here and now. Right. And, and so, Jesus exists to make your ultimate life right. real here and now. And that's not the promise of no, Christ. No. And yeah. um, if anyone, he says, if anyone serves me, verse 26, he must follow me. And where I am, my servant will be as well. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Um, I, that, sorry, that part of, of this conversation uh, leads me to just question all of my priorities because our priorities are what make up our life people and so whoever if we love these priorities if we love the things that i gotta take that back because i find contentment and satisfaction in the things that god has called me to um but could i lay could and would i lay it down if christ said to absolutely and Um, that's it that's the that's i think what jesus is getting at is that it's not about sorry i'm gonna cut you off but also those things that he's called us to are covered in eternity. Like it's just like dripping with eternal work. Right. So it's not just things it's, it's the things that he's asking of me typically are going to force me to die to myself and my desires like that grain of wheat, right? Until it dies, it will not multiply and be fruitful. But when we die, we have this promise. When I, when, when I get rid of those um, Hmm. cravings and desires before Christ, it's, it feels like just death, right? If I, well, I'm just giving up what I want, like my me time or whatever. But when it's in Christ, the dialogue changes of, okay, I know I have these, I would like some time alone yeah. or whatever, and that's not a bad thing. But I'm also saying, well, God's called me to love and steward these little souls right now. And so this is what this looks like. It means doing some things I don't want to do and put getting yeah. uh, finding a good attitude and heart orientation around it because God has called me to this and this is eternal yeah. work it's not just yeah. it is a priority yeah and you could and you could substitute kids for your spouse because Sorry. God's calling you to love your sp- I know you, I always go there you love you love your you love your chitlins <laughs> cheering yep <laughs> uh, so I just want to make sure that we're staying on the marriage page for that one but the point being that you can do that yeah with gladness when you dying to yourself. I love that you said like when I do something, when there's something I have to do, I don't want to do. It just feels like death. <laughs> well, that's what it is. It is. And I mean, Jesus is saying that here that a, with Christ, a seed dies so that it can bring forth new life. Yeah. More Paul fruit. wrote, yeah. be a living sacrifice. Yes. Like how, what a beautiful picture of a living sacrifice. Yes. That by your death, life. Yes. By Christ's death, life. Yes. I mean, that's the, and we're called to emulate Christ's death. And so our, our priorities life in our marriage mm. should be ones that probably have a big yeah. ask of us yeah. a big, Hey, this part of you is going to need to die in order for it to be a priority. And be- it's a priority because God's word says it needs to be a priority. Yeah. Therefore, like lay aside every sin and wait. Right. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Um, so be sorry. It's hard to talk sometimes because I think there's just so much about eternity uh, and in God's instructions and the words of Jesus in the New Testament and just his covenantal nature in the Old Testament, it, it speaks to eternity. Like there's, absolutely, he's not just like one dimensional talking in just one moment. It's mm. very otherworldly and outside of our own time and space. Like there's just so much more to it than we can yeah. 
begin to explore even in a lifetime, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just encouraging to me to always be in the word because there's always new things and there's always things you can dive deeper into. Uh, But it helps you see the world rightly. Therefore, uh, your priorities become ordered uh, rightly Hmm. and in a God-glorifying and honoring way. But again, I can't just figure out my priorities in light of my week that has to be first the eternal. When I'm on my deathbed, what do I want to look back and see? Hmm. What do I hope? What is my heart going to be overflowing with? Will there be regrets? Will there be things that I wish I would have, you know, done quicker or knew before I knew it, you know, yeah. um, those are the things that kind of, those are the moments that kind of help me, uh, mm. just see things more, more clearly and more viscerally, so, I guess. So having an eternal perspective and keeping that top of mind. Okay. It's not that we live kind of always trying to decipher revelation, the book of revelation, right? It's, no. it's that we are living knowing that the, the end is, is inevitable, uh, in that Christ will reign. And so I, I, I'm just thinking like, okay, how does that affect us here and now? And we're going to get into the specifics of marriage uh, a little bit today, for sure in two more weeks when we go through like how to tangibly live these things out. Mm-hmm. We're not getting as tangible for these, these couple of weeks. Um, I can't, couldn't help but think of Stephen, all right, the first martyr. Oh, yeah. And um, when he, I mean, just this epic speech, right? Mm-hmm. Just summation of the history of God's people and, and then just a stiff, like hardcore rebuke um, in that moment. And then uh, this is how it ends. And this is, I, I think how this ends says volumes about how he lived in light of this return, mm-hmm. this uh, eternal perspective. Uh, now, when they had heard these things, this is acts um, seven, verse 54. Now, when they had heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. Like that's a Ugh. pretty outrageous thing. <laughs> I'm just thinking they're grinding their teeth. They're so, yeah. But, but he, okay, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of the young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Okay, how can you possibly say that without an eternal view of justice? You can't. You I, can't. You no. can't. And no. that is contrary to everything our culture would say, that right. The, right. The, the recompense has to happen here and now or it will never happen. Mm. Now take that, okay, out of the culture, into your marriage. It, how many people will say, like, you deserve to be happy, girl? Oh, like, man. He's, he's <laughs> trash. <Girl. laughs> I'm, just, I'm using that. I love when you're a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, he's trash. He's not, you know, he hasn't been kind to you. He's not loving you the way he should. While those might absolutely be true statements... But this idea that the only way to have justice is for you to abandon the covenant that you've made with him, to abandon the love you've promised to him. Right. If that's your version of justice, I'm here to tell you that that is a shallow version of justice. I'm not here to make light of your pain. I'm not here to make light of how hard the situation is. But I'm here to say that abandoning that is a shallow version of justice. What Stephen is showing us is a deep, eternal well of justice. Mm. And he's saying, Lord, do not hold this against them. In other words, he's saying, Lord, still save them. If it's your will, mm. bring them to you that they might, my death might bring life wow. to these people who are stoning me because of this truth. The weight of eternity. Because he, it, it, from Stephen's perspective, I mean, he, 
he's seeing Christ. Right. He's seeing Christ Gosh. at the right hand of the Father. He's saying, yeah. take me, Lord. I want to be with you. And they need to see you too because you are so wonderful. Mm. And it, see how like see how our shady visions of right and wrong and justice, not right and wrong, but our, our shady visions of justice and uh, mercy and joy, they all just kind of fall by the wayside when we see the true king. Shady, do you mean shallow? I mean, I mean, sh- shadowy. Okay. So like things that aren't true representations, they're, they're gotcha. human kind okay. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like we see through uh, the, the mirror dimly or whatever. Yes, I can't remember. yes. No, so good. So good. So it, it's just when we see and we behold Christ, mm-hmm. we want nothing more than him. That goes back to Matthew 5. Right. We hunger and we thirst for righteousness. Right. But we have to behold him. Right. And so our priorities are absolutely an overflow of our are we abiding and beholding Christ? Are we abiding in and beholding Christ? Right. And so that's our, that's our, and uh, I, and I want to, I want to jump into Philippians too, because it talks about Christ's humility. So he is, he is our model. Not only is he the fulfillment of, you know, the promise, but he is also our model. Um, if you go to Philippians two, I'm in three. I will, now I'm in one. <laughs> I'm not where I need to be <laughs> right the wrong now. Way, girl. <laughs> Uh, Philippians 2, we see Christ's example of humility. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Mm. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Having, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of wow. death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and wow. under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that is verses one through eleven of Philippians two. <laughs> Here we see the model of Christ, the humility of Christ, the the King and Lordship of Christ. Eternity, we hmm. see him take. He says he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. Okay, how can our priorities? empty us of ourselves how can they Mm. take on the form of a servant how can they be born in the likeness of men right (laughs) that's probably not the example that we're looking for but Mm. he so we are made in we are remade like you were saying in in to the image of christ like we're being made we're being sanctified we don't hold that over people right we're not saying, oh, look, look at me as a Christian. I'm just thriving over here and living living the good life of obedience in my priorities, or that's probably not what people say, but... <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> that's what I say. That's my Christmas uh, we card don't, says. We don't, I just think humility is so underrated in the Christian life, It's and that is what we are called to. Yeah. We are called to Christ, the one who could have ended all of the pain and suffering for himself, who was yeah. so wrongly and deeply wrongly accused, he still saw eternity. He knew eternity. Yes, he was fully God. So that plays a huge role in it. But his call to us, too, is to yeah. live in light of eternity. Mm. Become humble. Become obedient to the point of death. Like, be a mm. servant. Oh, wow. Empty yourself. Like, how does that define our priorities? Uh, Sorry, so, there's a lot of things there. Well, I'm, 
I'm taken back by this because if you, if, if Christ had wanted, I mean, he could have called a, a legion of angels down to 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 fight his battles. He mm-hmm. could have done all that. He didn't. Uh, is it just for the for God Himself to empty Himself in that way? Is did should He ha- and should He have done that? Mm. Well, in His view, yes, <laughs> He did. He he didn't have to. Uh, he what I'm trying to say is that He walked. You're saying a lot of theological things. I'm a little like, no, <laughs> no, did I'm, He have I'm to? Asking, but <laughs> he he chose to. Yes, and he. The point I'm trying to make is that we have to take on Christ's view of eternity if we are to live like Christ. Because mm. clearly he wasn't thinking here and now only. Right. Like it was for the joy set before him. You read that already. Right. And, and so he, what is the joy set before us? And that's where I want to maybe spend the, the remainder of our time. Mm-hmm. What is the actual joy set before us? And what is the cultural uh, maybe lie about the joy set before us? Mm. Okay. So culturally speaking, aside from a Christian worldview, this life is, is paramount. It's all we have. Right. And so we live in a way that would maximize our life here and now while also maximizing some other uh, promised land. Okay. Promised land being retirement, being some other, uh, some, uh, I don't know, standard of living, um, some maybe idealistic relationship or idealist. Maybe you're, you just want your kids to grow up and be successful. Then you'll feel like, you, you know, you've reached heaven. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that that's, that's a sad view of heaven. Uh, it's, and it's a, it's a risky game. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. And so what is, what is the joy set before us from a cultural perspective? And I want to talk about the myth of le- legacy a little bit. Did sure. we, we haven't talked about that, no. right? So legacy is one of those things that is good. Okay. Legacy is good. It's not bad. Um, but I think we have, culturally speaking, and in the Christian church, we have, we've bought a lie. In other words, we've, we've entertained a myth. We've created this idea of legacy in that if I do X, Y, and Z things, then I will have this legacy that will live beyond me. We didn't start Fierce Marriage to start a legacy. Let's just put it that way. No, life's far too urgent for that. Right. Well, I'm just saying, though, <laughs> but people... far too urgent for a legacy. When the, when we were starting Fierce Marriage, there's, I think, yeah. a lot of other startups, ministries, or ministries around this, but it was for a legacy purpose, which isn't bad, but sometimes we you can elevate self more than okay, yeah. God. Yeah, and so we, we, we saw a need here and now, and we thought, God help us and use us to meet this need here and now. Uh, but the point, and I don't want to, I don't want to dis- disparage the idea of legacy because it is a good idea, but there's a myth around it. And the myth is that, uh, somehow, um, what we earn or what we create in this life will live past us. And I say that's true only in terms of the eternal impact that we have that is eternally minded. So if we are discipling our kids in light of this, that's legacy to me. I received, like, I don't even know. And I'm, I'm, I mean this, I'm not proud of this, but I, it's true. I don't know the names of my great grandparents. I could look them up. I could find them, but they're not, it's not, it wasn't conversational in my life. I didn't have a relationship with them. And yet the one thing I needed from them was my faith. And I got that from them. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know their names. I didn't, in, I didn't inherit anything from them in terms of land, in terms of money, in terms of even, you know, business or some sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Blue blood sort of, you know, inherited thing like they were pioneers in the pacific northwest they lived out here like long before anything was here now everything's here and they don't have i wish they would have bought like 100 acres because it'd be worth a ton of money right now (laughs) the point is we didn't get any of that but i got my faith 
And that to me is a legacy. That's the one thing we need. And we need to remember, we focus on um, that eternal perspective of legacy. I think that helps dispel this lie that if I can just, if I can just amass a big enough pile of cash that my kids will be okay. Or if I could just, you know, get that house, pay off the mortgage, I'll be okay. If I just get my retirement account to X amount, I'll be okay. I'm here to say those things are fine, but they're not paramount. Okay. You need Think in terms of stewardship. Think in, to, in terms of trusting Jesus more with that stuff. Well, think in terms of Philippians 1, 27 through 30, which calls us to live our life worthy, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and yes, and so we can't be too prescriptive around this idea yes. of wh- what you should amass in terms of your own whatever. That's There's a lot of Christian liberty there. Just do it knowing, like in light of what you said, in a manner worthy, mm. right? In a manner worthy. And follow the Holy Spirit. Obey. Mm-hmm. Follow Jesus. Obey. Repent. Obey. Believe. <laughs> repent. Obey. It, yeah. In cycles. <laughs> it's so good. It's no. so good. I don't know if I should touch on Philippians 1. I just think the struggle of Paul is so um, indicative of his priorities, obviously, in the life that he lived. Um, it says that his struggle, verses 22 through 24, uh, his struggle was with... Um, whether staying in the body and, or like death, like dying and, and being with Christ. He says to live, you know, to, this is where they're talking about to live as Christ and to die is gain. And his struggle, um, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, which yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Um, I could, I mean, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> so his struggle is to live and live here or be with Christ, right? That to live here and only to serve and to mm. exhort and to teach on the gospel, to share the gospel, to spread the good news, to train disciples, to lead, you know, write these letters to the churches and to be the apostle that he was. Like that is his struggle to live here and mm. serve and be imprisoned or to die and be with Christ. Like what a reflection of priorities and a life worth living a life worthy of the gospel. Right. Go read Philippians. It's just, it's just chocked full. It's not a long book. You can it's it. not, but I mean, Philippians two, like we said, it talks about like living selflessly, the hum- humility of Christ, living in a way that considers the needs of others, uh, that you, he emptied himself. There's just, there's yeah. so much about, Priorities without it actually saying the word priority. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I uh, think. Go ahead. What I was going to do say? the couples conversation challenge. I was going to say that does segue quite nicely uh, into what that conversation challenge would look like. And I was trying to go ahead and you you intro it. I'm going to look up something real quick. Okay. Uh, couples conversation challenge. Think about your last days. We can't anticipate what those will look like, but if you imagined your last days, you're old and you're on your your deathbed, essentially. Uh, what could those days look like? What do you hope and pray that your priorities will have been in the life that you're living today? Hmm. Yeah, um, that's really good. And as I was reading your notes on that, I thought, you know, maybe I should just share. Uh, I wrote a, about a year ago, I wrote down, I added this piece um, to my kind of 
I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's like a personal sort of, I ask myself questions. I have verses that I kind of resolutions and things, the resolutions for, yeah. and like my personal purpose mission, you know, it's, it's, it's personal to me, but Selena's is very obviously in, intertwined with every aspect of this. <laughs> Yay. Um, one flesh. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, I just want to read a portion of this and I haven't, I'll just read it. Okay. Okay. And as I read this fierce wife, fierce husband, Think about the, these things for yourself. I'm not saying mine's perfect. Just It'll get you thinking, and then um, it'll help you reorder your priorities. Mm-hmm. And so in light of this, think about your work. Think about your family. Think about your income. Think about whatever your life is in light of this. Mm. Okay. And our hope and prayer is that all of this conversation and then wisdom would inform maybe some conviction, and that the Lord would convict you in mm. ways, just like he's convicting and has convicted us in these ways. So that we can live more, uh, more, more, I don't know, on mission mm. and more with more joy um, for this hope set before us. So here it is, my vision. So I envision a day when I'll look back at my life, having run my race with one foot on the threshold into eternity. I see a bedside surrounded by loved ones. My wife first, having been loved and nurtured into a faithful vine. Unless I have go to God first. Nope. I will burn you to get to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> having been, so my wife first. Um, there, the, derailed it. <laughs> I see a bedside surrounded by loved ones. My wife first, having been loved and nurtured into a fruitful vine and a woman of God. I see my children and my children's children, having been tenderly shown and instructed in the way of God. And I see friends having been witnessed to God's, having been witnesses to God's continued grace in my life and their own. On that day, I will not look forward to anything other than seeing my King face to face. I will not look back on anything other than the relationships I've nurtured or neglected. May I recall with clarity, peace, and satisfaction that I have nurtured, not neglected, my relationship with my king and that of those he's sovereignly entrusted into my care. All at once I will know, as every man has known before me, that my time on this earth is done. Then may I sigh a sigh of final relief, knowing full well the fact that I fall into the waiting glory and loving hands of my beloved Savior, friend, and king. Try to envision that moment, mm-hmm. that deathbed moment. Like when you're laying there and the people are surrounding you on that bed, what is going to be going through your mind? What's going to be occupying your heart? Take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And then how, how does that compel you then to live uh, today? So with that said, um, Selena, why don't you pray us out? And then um, we're going to go. Our kids just got home and we filled up the pool. So they're excited. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Lord God, thank you for sending your son. Jesus, thank you for coming and saving our death, dark souls. Uh, Thank you for your eternal perspective, your perspective that is outside of time and space, uh, but is full of love and purpose for us. May we live in light of the gospel. May we uh, choose our priorities Mm -hmm. in a way that reflect and honor you. Give us wisdom. Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, give us discernment. Lead us uh, in a way that will... brightly shine you to those around us. We love you, God. Thank you for this podcast and for the marriages that are listening. Mm. Uh, may you continue to shine light and be their center Yes, uh, as they learn to write, do, write out their priorities, to live out their priorities, and figure out what mm-hmm. uh, what those are for your glory. In your name, amen. Amen. As a reminder, you can save 20% for this month uh, at gospelcentermarriage.com. That's our whole suite of online learning resources. Go to gospelcentermarriage.com, pick a plan there, and then uh, just use the coupon code PRIORITIES. That'll give, that'll give you 20% off. 
Uh, with that said, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... And we'll see you again in about seven days. Until then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.